When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Peter Vermees' press conference last night. He got a little more candied than he normally is. Isn't that a novel, Candide by Candide, Voltaire? Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent book. Mm. Um, Did I not use that right? That looked candid? to me like I was crazy. Candid, Can, Candide. <laughs> Candide is a is a book by Voltaire. <laughs> yes, it is. Give me beer, whiskey, wine, or gin. Anything to shake this but I'm in my butt. Voltaire's got me drinking. At it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. We are the KC Soccer Journal. Aha, first time we've said that. That's so exciting. Feels good. KC Soccer Journal, nice and legit name. I feel good about it. Uh, please go subscribe, rate, and review. It is now wherever you get your podcasts, the KC Soccer Journal. Thad, would you like to say a few words as our as our leader of this new era that we're going into away from Fox Media and SB Nation. Yes, I would. Uh, I told you I would do better when I just spoke off the top of my head, but I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> you said I. I asked him before we started. I was like, "You got anything to say?" He didn't seem like he he was on it, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna trust my guy. That's how this works here." And now he wasn't ready at all. Oh, actually, I'm just giving you crap, man. We. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure many of you who listen to this know that Vox SB Nation stopped supporting almost every soccer site and, and NHL site, and we have all dispersed to the winds. We are now kind of banded together with a couple other soccer sites, uh, Pittsburgh Soccer Now, Philly Soccer Now, and we decided to go with a different name, Kansas City Soccer Journal. They also have a bunch of NHL sites, so go check them out. And it'll, I think we'll... Uh, we went with a different name because, well, everybody knows this is a Blue Testament. It didn't, if you search for something soccer related in Kansas City, it didn't necessarily jump out there, although it was pretty high in all the results. Yes, this was an SEO decision we made here. <laughs> well, it, there was that, but it was, it also kind of didn't sound as official, legitimate, et cetera. Something along a Kansas City Soccer Journal sounds like a, a news type of site. And I, know, and I, if, I if, if I may interject here, that is where I struggled. I do love the name that it is, that it does portray a, a more legit vibe. Uh, but also, <laughs> are we legit? <laughs> like, we're kind of a ragtag crew here. Yes, we are. We've over the years become, um, you know, quite a, a, a source for all of this, one of the only independent sources for Sporting KC news. Um, and the current it, it, and the comets and other soccer in Kansas City. Of course, of course, yes. Uh, but we, we, I kind of like the fact that we are just fans. Like, I hope people do. Do we have a, do we have more responsibility now? Like, do do we have to do we have to step our game up, guys? Is this what we need to do now? I do think we need to amend the unofficial slogan that Thad hated from accurate partial information to accurate complete information, <laughs> or as accurate and complete as the club will allow us to have information. There it is. Which it, it's a bit wordy, Thad. I think the just, previous the previous tagline and it infuriated you, but it worked. That was just this show, though. That wasn't for the Blue Testament. Right. And I think we're accurate as we can be. <laughs> Maybe that should be the tagline. Accurate as we can be. Viva la Blue Testament. Yeah. Yes. Long live. Long live the Blue Testament. The Blue Testament is dead. Long live the, the Blue Testament. So this is the third era of this website in kansas city it was the daily whiz and then that i believe the logic there in changing that one that one was just before me i was an avid reader of the daily whiz enjoyed it very much but uh i i believe the team said they were not comfortable retweeting and sharing our stuff with the with the old brand so we had yeah. when did the daily whiz begin oh that's a very good question that we did not have prepared you're asking questions we were not ready <laughs> I will probably find out sometime in the near future because I have all the 
the data from the dump of the old site. So oh, maybe yeah. when we maybe when we load it, we can figure that out. Oh yeah, that was that was Andy's days back then. I was he he probably wasn't the first one to start it, was he? I doubt it. I don't know who all started it, man. There was several people. A lot of them were there was some that were teenagers. Andy was there twice, I think. Well Steve Brizendine was there. Over the years we've developed a, a solid reputation, at least Thad has. Um I know I see you see conversations on Reddit every now and then of when there's rumors out there and someone will say, you know, they'll wait for Thad Bell of the Blue Testament to say it. So yes, now that sounds even better. Thad Bell, KC Soccer Journal, whenever you ask questions to Vermees. Yeah. And another part of why we like Kansas City Soccer Journal, or at least from my point of view, was it not only sounded like a new site, but a journal to me is a place that would tell stories. So we can be reporting, we can be accurate, but we can also try to tell the stories that maybe haven't been told. So a little bit more of a an effort, you know, the, the lore, the, the, some of the long form stuff that we want to do via, via article or podcast. I think it fits that name. The journal is here. The journal. I'm trying to coin that one. I'm going to establish that the journal. So we do a quick poll. The journal. A quick poll for everybody. I'm going to start with Robert. Robert is teal a shade of blue. That's oh Lord. David's dying on this hill, by the way. Uh, I I would say yes. I'm agreeing with David. Go to Bradley. Is teal a shade of blue? Yes. So I, I say that so we don't have to change the name of the show. Thaddeus. Yes. All right. See, there we go. We're in agreement. It's unanimous. No, no worries here. I even asked somebody with the Kansas City Current, because I said about how changing the name, and they said, well, teal's blue. So is would the alternative That's all we need. We're good. The alternative be that it's a shade of green? Is that is that what the opposing argument is, David? I believe so. Greenish it, blue. Well yeah. then it's definitely yeah, we're going with blue. It works. Count it. Can it can it not be a shade of both? Yes, it can. Maybe this yes, should be but... like our new taco versus burrito question. Wait, cuz there's green cuz green is not because there's blue and green, so green is technically a shade of blue. So, boom, argument over. Mm. I would the not podcast isn't shade the shades of green. Of green. <laughs> uh, oh, and yeah. it was never the green testament. So the websites joined this other network of um, of other of other blogs that were lost by SB Nation, and we've joined a different network, the fan fan first network for podcasts is where we are our home to now um it was great uh, you guys didn't even have to notice any change we got to keep the whole library um so yeah that was a pretty it's been a pretty seamless change so far except we were just discussing the new <laughs> the new um editor and the new back end of the blog we're still figuring things like that out um but uh but yeah we're we're very excited I feel I feel good about this next era. Yeah, and I, I think that there's a lot of uh, aspects in the new site that will let us grow. It's going to take us a little while to figure it all out. But I think there's a lot of uh, features that we'll be able to implement that will actually help us do better. And we'll, we'll have to figure them out as we go, but that's kind of life. We will. We always do. And uh, thank you for those who did go leave us a, um, some reviews. We got some reviews on the show uh, for the first time in a long time. Thank you very much. Knocked us up a point to 4.3 on Apple ratings. So, uh, yes, we appreciate that. Uh, if you have not done that or if you left an old one, this is what we should do. We should read old ones that were that are from 2018 and 2019 when how bad the show was <laughs> when we didn't know at all what we were doing and um, so yes, if you've left an old one, go update it. I think we, I think we've earned that maybe. So let's go ahead and talk sporting Kansas city. Shall we a zero zero draw in Philadelphia? I'm going to, I'm going to frame it as a shutout against a top notch scoring team in MLS on the road. Gritty point for sporting Kansas city, Robert. Oh, the spin that uh, Shades of Blue puts on everything. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, you know, here's my thought about it. You know, next week we host Colorado, right? They're winless in last place in the Western Conference. I'm feeling pretty confident about a win. 
but I get the feeling that Colorado is feeling the same exact way because we're just right there with them. Battle of the wooden spoon this weekend. It is. Yes. Dad, can we be Colorado? What's that? You're going to be Colorado? Yes. Okay, good. I just wanted to, you, you didn't look confident there when we were talking about it, but we do, we should talk about the zero zero draw. Alan Polito got his first minutes. Uh, and at the same time, we still had to see Kyrie Sheldon. It was just like, <laughs> that just felt like such a trade-off there. It was such an exciting moment. And then yes, Kyrie Sheldon is still inevitable. It was like sabotage. Let's put on Alan. <laughs> yes. With Kyrie. Oh yeah. So let's go ahead and stay there with, with Alan Polito. Uh, <laughs> Thad, what did you think of his, uh, his first 30 minutes there? I believe it was about 30 minutes, 62nd minute he came in. Say relatively unremarkable. I mean, he's got to get up to speed. He's got to get back to you know all that. But you know, there's a couple moments where you see good things out of him. He tracked back. He did some things. I just I didn't expect him to like come in and just light it up because it's a whole different thing that he hasn't done for a year, two years. It's been over a year. So yeah. Yeah, he did. He looked good. There were definitely good moments. He is just so the the hold up play was just instantly so much better. He he can keep the ball so much better than than anything we've seen on the field for sporting this year. He the the way he can just stick a leg out and keep possession, do what he does to do what he needs to do to get a touch off and get the pass off. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to take him time to to get worked in, but. Yeah, he's back to what we knew from before. He gets he he moves back way deep to get involved. Um and yeah, it looks like he's going to be able to 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 create. It was unfortunate that Johnny came out at the same time. Very much like to see them tearing around together. We're still waiting for the moment we get to see the the front three, Shallowy, Polito and Johnny all out there. <clears throat> sorry, all out there together. But um but yeah, uh, it was uh, it was at least a good initial initial showing. It's real life. We have a we have a striker again. And, and another positive is uh, Kenda is uh, getting closer and closer. I know mean, last time I said something like that, be like, oh, that's never happening. And then the next week, Polito was in the lineup. Uh, I think it'll still be a, probably a month for, for Kenda. But oh man, really? I was thinking I was thinking maybe maybe a little shorter than that. From I mean that was. Now over a month ago, or right uh, about a month ago, that we saw him at uh, at media day, and that like I, I, you know he was out there running around and kicking a ball. I don't know, like how much longer could that take? <laughs> Another month, but but yeah, Plato's well, surgery was in January or December, and his was in April, so there's a, quite a gap there. Yeah, that's true. There was, and he has entered training like more and more aspects of it, but. I don't think he's went through full training yet. So like he's done some scrimmages where he's out there with other people doing stuff, but it, he's not like in that full contact and any of that stuff yet. So it's going to take a little while for that. And then, and then again, once he's ready to, to be in a game and be in a lineup, it's going to still be a while before he's back to what he was. Well, Polito was absolutely needed to come into that game because Willie Agata is still, um, still just not it. For me, uh, I, not a lot of people are talking about about him not being the one, or uh, not. There's not a lot of fingers being pointed at him for whatever is going on on the field or the lack of scoring. But and the immediate difference there in the hold up play and keeping possession um, was uh, was just everything for me in the in this match. And yeah, the that early yellow card, and then and then it was like he. Uh, you know, he's just pressing. Willie Agata was just pressing too much and almost got himself another another yellow card there and sent off. So it was absolutely time to get him off the field. Uh, Robert, where, do, where are you at with Willie Agata? I thought he was okay. I mean, you know, like you're saying, um, definitely a difference when Allen stepped on because he's got, you know, a different skill set. I don't know if you caught it, but a couple of back heels by Allen while he was in there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Willie's okay. And Willie's now got to realize, and he should have realized before this, that, you know, hey, he's really going to have to step up his game if he's going to see uh, time now. Yeah, I'm okay with Willie. Um, I still think a lot of Willie's problem has been he, he hasn't gotten great service. And then once he, I don't, I just, he hasn't gotten great service. Sporting's just not fed him very well. He hasn't made the most of it when he has been fed, though. He's got the one goal, but that's more of a, 
you know, poacher being in the box at the right time type of thing. It would be really good if he could just get a goal from the run of play where he actually took the shot, you know, created it. Well, that is basically every single goal he scored for the team. Even when he was scoring a lot of goals, they were all right there inside the box and poacher poacher type goals. But for me, it's like he's lacking just that just lethal do everything you can to get your head on the ball. It, it just doesn't. It, yeah, there's just a bite that he's lacking. And there was a play. We can go ahead and move on to um, our, our our new center back that that appeared. Um, there was a play where. Um, hold on, I'm looking for notes here. I was looking for the play. Now I can't find it. Um, there was a header where Danny Flores and oh my gosh, Rosero, <laughs> Danny Flores. I did it again. <laughs> uh, Danny Rosero. <laughs> uh, it was it was Willie and Danny and Danny Rosero there, and Rosero showed multiple times in this game uh, a certain hunger and bite that I felt like Willie was lacking. And they both kind of went for it on this play and I, I think kind of knocked each other out of it a little bit. And it probably should have been a, a better shot on goal, but it was, I think Willie was in a better position and Rosero just has this urge, this want to get to the ball. And I think he's the one that ended up getting his head on it. And yeah, he did that several times. And that's something that was just really refreshing to see in this team, this hunger and this bite that, that came from Rosero in his, in his first appearance. Okay, so would you call his attempt earlier a hitch kick? It wasn't a bicycle because it wasn't all the way over his head. How would you guys term that? I call it an overhead kick. I give it that. It was it wasn't totally over his head, but I think I think scissor. I think the if it's not over scissor, okay, you call it a scissor kick. All right, we can go with that. But yeah, I mean, even that, he definitely was hungry out there. And you know, in my game uh, recap, yeah, I think we have a threat in the box now. Finally, yeah, I think we do. It'd be a target on uh, on set pieces, which we still uh, set pieces, crosses, corner kicks, still can't still can't do those. But there is a guy in there now that has a bit of hunger. Okay, yeah. While we're here, can we talk about that? How bad were to- Eric Tommy's services on his free kicks? Oh man, I, I I wanted I wanted to give more more love to Rosero there, but but yes, the oh Eric, we'll go back to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll go back to him. But yes, Eric Tommy, man, it for it wasn't just the set pieces. He he had an absolutely horrible second half. There were I didn't even mean to be counting, but there were five very specific plays that I thought all could have been goals. And he actively prevented the team with a horrible pass or a, a too heavy of a touch or something. And I, I I don't even want to go too hard on him. Like, yes, he he kind of was the only bright spot of this team in the first two matches. But uh, yeah, there's there's been a drop off there, and I, I still think he's good. I still think he he can be a key contributor. But oh my god, that second half uh, in this game, I was just I was losing my mind. The 30 seconds after Alan Polito came on, they had a breakaway, and all he had to do was make a decent pass over to his left, over to Polito. And Polito could have one touched a shot on goal. And can you imagine if Alan Polito comes on and scores in his first minute of coming back? Sporting Kansas City would have been unstoppable. The players would have had a different mindset. Everyone. And oh, I just I felt so robbed from that moment. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Robert. Where are you at with Eric Tommy? Well, I mean, he's not a playmaker. I was trying to look up uh, his assists last season. I think he had a couple when he was here. But that was not what he brought to sporting was playmaking abilities. It was, you know, more aggressiveness, uh, strong on the ball, that type of play, which we needed. But uh, clearly, like you said, a couple of different times, he could have played better balls and his service was terrible. He just is not that player. He's going to drive the game forward, uh, but he's not a playmaker. Well, So then that sounds like you're describing like a number eight, like a like a Roger. Well, he's better than Roger at carrying the ball forward. I'll give him that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but when Polito came on, what really kind of happened is Tommy then did kind of take that left winger slot uh, as Shallowy then stuck in behind Polito because Polito was coming forward so much. So that dynamic did kind of change. And and I can see Tommy maybe once Kinda comes back, maybe you know playing out on that left wing sometimes. Yeah, I would but like he- to see Tommy out there. 
he's got the speed. He's got the ability to uh, beat somebody one on one. And I mean that he he drifts out there anyway, and he takes that spot away from shallow E. So he might as well play that spot yeah. and give Daniel some rest once in a while when there's other options. So yeah, I think that's been a problem with like you said, shallow E and um, Tommy the same spaces getting each other's way oftentimes. And then since sporting likes to have the outside backs get forward so much, it also causes congestion with whoever's there, be it Tim, uh, sweat or in Denbe, uh, or Volador, <laughs> Robbie. So, I mean, it's, it's whoever's going up there also has to dodge around that, that mix of players up there to either get past them to get to the end line or, you know, combine with them. So more Rosero. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we we got him his due love there. And I guess we should talk about his the the pairing with Castellanos, uh, the first appearance for both of them. I mean, a shutout against a good a good team away from home. That's nothing to uh to scoff at. Um they both they both looked good. What what do you think of Castellanos, Robert? As far as defensively, uh, he looked solid. I mean, it was really nothing that stood out, which is a good thing. Um, attack-wise, if you look at the passing network and you watch the game, he didn't bring much at all, but yeah. that wasn't his job. You know, he, he's not an Andre Ufantas, but um, he was fine. He was solid. And I assume they roll with both of them again this weekend? Yeah, I don't know. I can see Vermees, you know, wanting to get the playmaking Infantis in there, perhaps. Because if you look at the passing network, Castellano says lines to nobody but Volader and Rosero that's the only people he passed to yeah yeah but hey that's smart he yeah he kept it simple yeah and that's he he needed to go out and prove himself that because he's coming from uh USL USL right uh and he needed to prove himself and he did all right he showed that he's a capable backup to come in when he needs to come in I think if there's a left back available I think it should probably go back to either Fontas or Robbie because Robbie's left footed and have a left back out there and have Rosero as the right back, right center back. Thank you. You always confuse me when you do that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I say that incorrectly because my mind's going too fast. Sorry. We've got David back in the zoom. We lost him due to <laughs> what I miss. Oh, so much good stuff, man. I don't even remember when you left, to be honest with you. Um, Robert said that uh, Rosero should never play again. <laughs> right. That's a take. That's a oh, thought. Oh, I called I called Rosero Flores again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Cody, I do have to admit, I called him by the wrong name when I asked for me as a question. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't another player on sporting, though. This is it's the just, audio that we need. We need you, can you get this audio? We need we need that for next episode. I think I said Royes. <laughs> oh no! I was actually reading about a player named Royes like an hour before the press conference, so it was probably in my mind. Yeah. Okay. See, in my but defense, again, I was, I was scrambling around. I was looking for a clip, and yes, that's my. Doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. I'm just staunch defense there. I, I I like to understand why I make mistakes. It's not a defense of me making mistakes. I like to understand where they come from. So, David, what do you think of Rosero in his first appearance? And, and the Castellanos mat- matchup there, I guess. You know, Castellanos looked fine. Nothing he did really particularly stood out to me as like bad um he didn't look dominant but for a backup for a guy who signed to be a backup i was pretty pleased with his performance uh rosero looked like the real deal you know it's one match it's 90 minutes but he looks like maybe the best center back we've had since ike he looked he looked strong in the box he had good timing he was in the right spot when he needed to be i was pretty impressed yeah, even from his I mean, his first touch on the ball was was just a really strong aggressive step, and it was just it felt good from from there. But yeah, Rob, you guys mentioned that you both mentioned about him being a backup, and um, you guys know I'm still I'm still a Fontas stand. So yes, I I'm excited at the at the prospect of those two center backs. I know there's a lot of people doubting Fontas out there, but I still think um, you know, like we said with 
the aggression and aerial attack and all of that from, uh, you know, maybe Rosero's bit more of a bruiser, uh, I think is a good combination to pair with, with Fontas and his fancy feet and Barcelona passing. Well, cool. I tell you what, Rosero's passing wasn't bad either. Yeah. He had a couple of different uh, times when he did, uh, you know, penetrate into the middle, into the midfield with passes and things like that. He was solid on the ball. But the thing I really liked about the whole back four plus Rodoja when he was in was how confrontational they were and how physical they were in their confrontations. Much more aggressive, much more proactive. Yes, Rodoja is uh, is I believe where we got that. That's what um, Patrick corrected us to. Is that is that is that what it was? Okay, fine for that, me. No, I, <laughs> no, you. That's what you said it as, and I thought that's what Patrick kind of like yelled at us one day in, at training, and I thought that's what he. <laughs> tried to correct us too, but I thought everyone was saying Radoya. I thought that's what it was. Okay. Is that not what it is? Don't think Radoha is correct, but it could be. I don't know. Patrick said something. Uh I just just as a reminder, I sent you the pronunciation that he says it himself. Nemanja Radoya. I'm pretty sure it's how he says it. But well then Robert does deserve a fine. (laughs) So this is a perfect time to pull that audio file that I sent you out and play it. Insert. (laughs) Boom. Insert your pneumonia right here. Wow. So, Cody, you know, the thing about Fontes has never been that he's been a particularly good defender, right? It's that he's a great passer out of the back line. And so uh, in 2021, when he was a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, he was at 4.88 goals added, um, which was second in the league that year behind Adam Buxa, who was the striker for New England Revs. So if that gives you context of how good he was, um, he was great. This year, though, not so great. Even last year, it was at 3.26 goals added, which was still towards the top of the league. I think the last time I checked, he's at like 0.15 goals added. And it's because his passing has not been that good this year. He's been off. And if Bontis isn't on with his passing, then he's a liability. Yes, absolutely. And he has not been on the last couple games specifically, I think. But I, I thought we had shifted there to Nemanja Radoya, who had a great, I'm not sure when he went down, but what an absolute slap in the face to have another muscle injury like that. And that's another guy. Roger's also inevitable. We got Kyrie's inevitable. Roger's inevitable. But um, yeah, he looked really good in, uh, in, in his brief appearance, David. He did. Um, I thought he got kicked. It looked like he and another and a Philly player challenged for the same ball and that he got kicked and went down because I saw him kind of clutching at his leg. Um, but then he came off with a hamstring. I think if he's in there, we get the win. They sneak a goal in with him in there. The midfield definitely looked better with him in than it did with Roger. Don't forget the guy in the in between the pipes there, man. That's where we were moving to next. Tim Melia, 36-year-old Tim Melia got his first start of the season and looked good. Good old Redwood. Had a few Timmy moments. It felt Making like- saves that only a tree can make. Oh, they were they were saves a tree could not make, and that is when I show my love for a keeper. Uh, yeah, there were a couple very big moments there. Uh, one of them, I think he uh, it didn't need to look like such a highlight reel save, but... But uh, I think, you know, he was maybe got twisted around or just got caught off footed. But uh, but yeah, he, he he looked good. And I expect to see him he see him in there for the foreseeable future until uh, until Pulse Camp does something in training or or Amelia messes up. Thad, you were the one that wanted to talk about him. Wow, just you said a lot of what I wanted to say. He came in and played like Timmy. I mean, it's Timmy. I, I, I don't think he's the future by any means. I think Pulse Camp is the future. But I, I one reason I th- thought that perhaps he played instead of Pulse Camp is because there was so much change to the back line. So if you go, if you take from the six back, that's essentially five changes to of the six potential players there from the with the uh, Nemanja coming in, all of the back line except Zusi either being a different person or playing in a different position, it probably was very beneficial to have an experienced keeper there to help keep them organized. 
Speaking of all of the changes on the back line, I think that is what a lot of people wanted to see, or maybe not specifically the changes to the back line, but uh, a lineup shakeup. Peter Vermees was not happy after last week. Um, you know, we talked about how, uh, we, we talk about every week about how the topic of him putting in who he thinks is going to win and win that week, give him the best chance to win that week. And we were talking last week how that cannot be the case anymore. Like now we know after this four to one loss, it cannot be the case with these players, even though they, you know, until the floodgates had opened in that one, there was maybe reason to think, fix a couple two th- a couple things and they can turn things around. But yeah, once they, once we all saw that it was apparent that something needed to change, these older guys weren't necessarily the ones that should be doing it. And uh, yeah, like that, that's exactly what you want to see from a manager. I, I don't think he did Vermees did anything to to calm down any of his haters but uh yeah like that's that's what you want that's what you want to see. I I was talking last week about how all of the complaints like I would want to have or something you want to see them do the club has done something even if it hasn't worked they've got like they've they've had a response. You know what I mean? We have all these old players but then at the same time they signed three U22 guys last year. And and this is another one. It's yeah, it's, it was another disappointing result. We still don't have any wins, still can't score any goals. But but like th- that's exactly what else that that's exactly what I wanted to see. He wasn't happy. He was pissed off with the guys and he made some major changes. And I think we saw a bunch of positives from it at least, you know, uh Polito back and Rodoya and Rosero. So, yeah, I I get, you know, fuck me for just being a fan of this team and like trying to find positives and, and enjoying myself while watching this team. But, but yeah, I, I, I had fun watching a zero zero draw and, uh, and I'm optimistic still going forward. I, I think all of the people who, who just want to act like Vermees is the worst thing in the world. I, th- that that's fine. We, we disagree with what we did last week very heavily about, about a lot of his choices. But it, how you have to be ignoring what they how they finished last season. I, I'm I'm hanging my hat on they've given us all these reasons to believe that they can turn things around, and we still have some firepower that is yet to be unleashed. I'm gonna flip to the other side for a second. Well, I actually pretty much agree with you, Cody. I'm gonna flip to the other side just because somebody has to. You got to understand why people will get tired of. Well, you just got to wait till we have our full lineup. You got to wait till we have our full lineup. We got to wait till we have our full lineup. I'm not telling people to wait. You can be mad right now if you want. I'm telling you why there's reason to not think the world is crashing down around us. That's that's where I'm at. That's what I mean. Like, well, I'm just sorry. I'm a fan of this team. I I I find positives. It's fun, and I don't like to wallow in self pity. It, It does feel like sometimes a team does say that. Like, yeah. uh, wait, yeah. we don't have Allen back. We don't have Gotti back. We don't have our center back in. We don't have our, our six healthy. We don't have Johnny. We, man, you got to go out and get some points without him. So and it is so relentlessly frustrating. I, I, I hate it. And then that's why that hurts so much seeing, seeing Rodoya go down. And, um, you know, obviously we record these on, on Sundays, so we don't have an update on uh, on his injury, but I imagine on Tuesday we should, we should get a little something. Oh, maybe, maybe Thad Bell at back post does have something. Well, it's not much, but I was told that it was, uh, was a hamstring and they got to wait a little bit to, for the swelling to go down so they can make a complete evaluation of how long it'll be. So it's really not an update, but it is, I did actually ask somebody about that today. David, you went on, on Peter Vermees last week. Pretty good. What did, where are you at with him? Changes what you wanted to see? Mostly. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the, the old saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different right. results. Right. And so seeing us trot out the same tired ass back line, the same, you know, guys in midfield and getting bad results over and over is infuriating. So I liked seeing changes, real changes to the starting 11. And we looked better. Um, very disappointed to still see Roger sub in off the bench. Still disappointed to see Kyrie not get jettisoned into the sun. Um, I was, but, but overall not bad. And, and, you know, I think the scoreline doesn't indicate what the game was, which is we went on the road to a really tough opponent and got 
a really gritty draw, which is very different than when we had the nil-nil draw against Colorado, which was two shitty teams just playing really sloppy soccer, and we got lucky to get out with a draw. So we actually looked good. I felt like we were on the front foot for a long time. There for a five-minute period, I was sure we were going to get a goal. It was nice to see Allen back. Uh, I don't think he played very well, but it was nice to see him back. Yeah, you missed um, you missed the Polito conversation. You don't think he played well? Tell us. No. Why not? I think he and Tommy do a lot of the same thing, which is play too much hero ball. I thought yes, he, Alan was yeah, yeah, he unwilling to pass. He dribbled himself into some bad spots. He dribbled himself out of some bad spots and then continued to dribble into other worse spots. And I thought he looked slow. Yeah. You know, Thad's, Thad's been telling us for two years that this is a tough injury to recover from. And he did not look as explosive as he did before he got hurt. Yeah. For for his first match of the season, I think that is to, at least to somewhat to be expected. But sure. the point you made, David, about that he was dribbling into, into some of those tough spaces, he definitely was trying to do too much. He wanted to do too much in his first appearance. But the, that was the key there for me that was just such a big difference was he would get into those spots and just he does just enough. He just sticks a leg out, keeps possession, gets a toe on it and gets the pass off. And that is that was really refreshing to see. Like we have a guy that can keep the ball at his feet, keep possession. And and yeah, that so I'm he, yeah, no, he was not. He was not a 10 million dollar striker in, in that 30 minute appearance. But yeah, I, I think the explosiveness um, where we're still waiting to see that. But I, I expect it to come at least a little bit. There is the question: will, will he be as explosive? Yes, that I mean, that's a major question. But I, I don't think we necessarily should have expected to see it in that first appearance. Well, and if he's if he's not as explosive, you know, then maybe we need to have a conversation. And we, I mean, Vermees, about moving him further back on the field. And Allen is a good passer. He's got he's great with the ball at his feet. Maybe he's better suited to a midfield spot where he can kind of pull strings and facilitate for other players. Um, He already drops back deep enough as is as a nine that it's not that big of a shift for him. Uh, No way. And he can shoot from distance. I, you, would you rather, would you not be willing, would you not be interested in seeing Alan play Eric Tommy spot? No, I would like to see Gotti Kinda play, (laughs) play Eric. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Well, I like the midfield of Radoya, Tommy, and and Kinda. Yeah. Well, but given given how Allen seemed to be slow and not as explosive coming back, that was a huge part of Gotti's game. When Gotti comes back whenever this year, and again, I'm gonna rely heavily on the guy who sees him in practice regularly, Thad, who doesn't think he that he's that close to coming back. Do you think Gotti's gonna be the same player? Is he gonna be as explosive as he was? I th- earlier I guessed a month that he would might be making a lineup, but obviously I could be very wrong. So um, it'd be kind of funny though if Gotti comes back and Allen gets back to being healthy, and they can be the uh, Eric, Tommy, and Willie Agata of this year. <laughs> and what happened last year? Hey, I'm, I'm we didn't make the playoffs. Oh man, I- I'm sorry that I'm optimistic, but they we we have. In the we have reason to believe that they can turn things around. They one they did it last year. Two we still have some firepower coming back. So, whatever. So, I'm here for um, it. And I don't know if anyone off. noticed, but the 76th minute, uh, Tommy had some pretty severe, seemingly pain in his left knee. So I don't know if there's anything there. I hope it's nothing. But uh, Cody, I was interested when you said your midfield. You don't think Remy Voltaire belongs in there? Yeah, maybe maybe Remy instead of Tommy, if he keeps looking like he did in that second half. Of course, he might be needed to the six for the next six months. <laughs> right. <laughs> so why do we think that Felipe Hernandez was not the one to come on for uh, instead of Roger? Because Felipe ain't it, man. No, my Roger friend. ain't it though either. Because Vermees trusts Roger. I so, know, but... So when... But you know he's going to do that every game. He trusts Shelton. God knows why, but he does. He trusts Roger. He trusts Zussi. Those guys can do no wrong. And well, they'll I never get, get the hook. I get Let's that. Say, but watching, watching Espinoza, 
he's just not the player he used to be and he shouldn't be and and for me you said this earlier he shouldn't be playing rogers as much as he's had to you say trust i think it's it's trusts more than the other backups John, he trusts Kyrie more than Johnny's. He trusts Roger more than Felipe. Yeah, but but the question is why? Like, what has Shelton shown that is deserving of that trust? What's Johnny's shown? What is what's Felipe shown? Interesting. I'm gonna. I would. I since we had a pause there, I'm gonna go backwards for a second. We were talking about Polito, and people kept mentioning how he doesn't look as explosive. I never saw him as much as an explosive attack guy as much as he was a skilled attack guy. He could make the runs. He could make the shots. He knew where to be. It was not as often about him outrunning a defender because, I I mean, he could do it at times, but his biggest strength was that he could hold the ball and he could get those shots off through traffic or, you know, thread them where they needed to be. It wasn't as much as him being like, oh, I'm going to be the power guy and, and outrun somebody. So that explosiveness... I, I, if it's just the explosiveness of that first step, I understand that, but I'm t- trying to like define that a little bit. I don't seem quite that same way. So I think even if he's not as explosive, he still is a, can be a very productive player once he, if he gets back into form, if he gets back into form. Well, we were talking about these guys getting back into form and we haven't mentioned two of the guys that are most important that we need back in form. And that's Shallowy and Russell. When what's the issue there? Is it because Tommy takes shallowy space? What's going on there? Because we need those guys to be playing at near their top. Yeah, I've said it. I've said it this year before. Shallowy, we've needed him to step up and and be the star, and he hasn't. I do think a part of it is that he and Tommy conflict a bit, and then the rest of the team has sucked, more or less. Not to be too critical, but. It it takes all of them to to give enough pressure for him to get those spots, and he's not doing what he needs to do, and everybody else isn't doing what they needed to do. Well, that makes sense. We've heard Vermees talk about Tommy and say he is doing too much. He's running. He's the the amount of motion and movement that he's doing. Um, he could be accomplishing more with less, and I think that does, you know, explain why he might be conflicting with shallowy over there on the wing if he's running around with his head cut off and i think johnny has shown in his limited time that you know he's still the player he was and the fact that he cuts inside more often than shelton does and you know whatever (laughs) i think is is an important factor overall so colorado this weekend will we see that front three will the front three start johnny polito shallowy I say they don't start, but we see them at some point. Which of those won't start? Polito's still not starting? I still think Polito wouldn't start, but... Oh, come on. Just get him out there. Jesus. I'm so tired of this. Like, he's got, he's probably gone at the end of this year, right? For, just play him. Put him on the field. My God. I hit the, the whole... The one season we had with him was the pandemic season, right? Is that how that worked? Literally the... Yeah. Which was 2020 and 2021. We haven't even really talked about that. Like how much of a, if you would, the day after we signed Alan Polito, if, if someone would have told us that he would be down with an injury for a year and a half plus of the three years, I cannot imagine a more devastating thing to hear. I would have thought that would have hampered the club for the next five years. You'd be trying to figure out how many million per goal. Yeah, it's it's such a disaster. And that's the thing, like, I think we were all worried about it, is it's like, hopefully this works out and sets a precedent of look what happens when they spend the money <laughs> and look what happens when they spend the money. Ugh. Yeah. It's always going to be an issue, and it's always going to be a risk when you're in a, a league like this, but... I would almost rather they spent three million for three, you know, on three different players, but... Yeah. I don't make those decisions. Well, I think that was kind of the idea with the U22 signings, right? Yeah, kind of along that line. You know, if we could all see the future, we'd make perfect decisions. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. 
Remember when I predicted that Polito would lead the team in goals this year? Actually, no. I predicted he would break the team record of 17 in goals. He may. That's not the team record, though. Is it? No, Dwyer had like 20. I yeah. think that was maybe, I think that was the season he had the points per goal or uh, points or goals per game or something like that was the, was his record. Um, What's he doing now? God only knows. <laughs> I mean, he was scoring goals last year. I would like to make fun of Dom Dwyer too, but he was scoring goals. What, was? what is he doing? One against us anyway. Yeah. What is he doing this year? Was is Were you actually asking that or is he in a bad situation? And that's why we were laughing. Man, if he was team? in a bad situation, like hurt or something, I don't think I would actually make the joke. Well, <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> is he not on a team? Is that what the joke was? Correct. He got waived by Atlanta in January, and he I don't think he's on a team right now. Not that I know of. I think he's I think he's searching. He scored four goals last year, one of which was against Jose Mauri, who was immediately jettisoned. Speaking of jettisoned into the sun, Jose Mauri. <laughs> All right. Does uh, the Dom Dwyer discussion wrap us up here for the evening? Any final thoughts, Thad? I think things are getting better. I think we'll still have some struggles for sporting, but I think it is getting better. So, I mean, be a little patient, be a little optimistic, but don't be too Pollyannish. See, that's what being a fan is. You just describe what being a fan is, and I wish there were more of those for sporting Kansas City. More fans? Yeah, I feel like a lot. I feel like there's just a lot of people that follow the team and hate them. I I mean, we could have this discussion about fandom like almost any week, but fandom is such a weird thing. People love people who they've never met, make more money than them. <laughs> uh, you this know, is MLS. That's not always true. Well, no, that's true, but it's still, it's mostly true. And, you know, they love them like they're their brothers and family and then they're so then they get so mad when they aren't perfect also so it's just it's always such a weird thing like i try to be calm about it but yeah i mean i yell at the tv sometimes too so 22 in 2014 for dondor wow okay do we uh do we want to cover some other stuff real quick yeah sure. Not, real quick i would trade right now this moment Kyrie shelton for Dom Dwyer's best friend, Suni Saad. Wow. Give me Suni. Oh, Lord. Did you? I'd rather have him than Kyrie. Did you just look up some Suni Saad stats? Like, what, where is is he playing? Do you know if he's playing? Is he, don't care. he is still playing? Don't care. Don't know. Don't care. That's his whole point. <laughs> he he is still know. playing. Don't care. He is still playing. He was he's also, been he was playing in like Lebanon and South Korea and. Thailand and Lebanon and Syria. And, well, I don't know where all, but that's kind of general where he's played. Suni Saad, one of my favorite stories that we are not allowed to tell. <laughs> At least it's a rumor. I, we, a rumor that I don't want to spread on the show, but oh, my yeah. favorite. Oh, if that's the one you're thinking of. I, <laughs> it is oh, one of my yeah. favorite stories, rumors in this sporting Kansas City wizarding universe. Dad, how did SKC2 look today? They looked pretty decent. They drew 1-1 with Austin FC today, but and they won in penalties because MLS Next Pro doesn't have draws, so they go and they have a penalty shootout after. Not going to lie, I did not know that. I got a, the foot mob notification that said waiting for extra time, and I was like, what is going on in this game? Like, Why are they going to extra time? So they won in extra time, or penalties. And... So Duke played left back? He did. He played left back, and he didn't do too terrible at it. He got forward really well. He defended. I, I shouldn't say it that way, so I, I apologize. Uh, I, there was times he could have done some things better, but he got forward really well. He actually did defend very well. Um, yeah, I think it's more a little bit more of a spacing thing, but it was interesting to see him there. Uh, Jake Davis played the six. Uh, Ozzy Cisneros played the eight slash ten, or we'll say the ten slash eight, and actually that's the best game I've seen him play, probably since he was, you know, 
playing U15. And actually, maybe even that. He actually had a pretty good game defensively and offensively. Uh, uh, let's see. Center back Chris Rindov, the the draft pick oh, yeah. he played. So it was his first professional minutes. He did pretty well. And Danny Flores came into the game late and uh, scored on one of the penalties. So the real Danny Flores. Yes. And so they, they look pretty good. Uh, Austin's a pretty good team. The player that was on Austin in the first game, they lost against St. Louis that passed back to the St. Louis player. Mm. He was there today playing center back for him. Wow. He <laughs> so. got jettisoned too. That, <laughs> found a USL after that giveaway. Yeah. Uh, found Louis. an MLS Next Pro. First loss of the season versus STL City. Good stuff. One to nothing against Minnesota. But yeah, that, that that guy played for Austin that that helped out St. Louis. He's from St. Louis, and his family was in town watching him play today. So the only people walking around in Austin jerseys. What about the furthest shade of blue to teal? What what about Casey Current? Uh, Kansas City Current followed in the other team's footsteps by getting destroyed by a team from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, same score too, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, four, four, one. Yeah, Sophia Smith, and there was a hat trick from an opposing player, also, right? Right. Yes, yeah, Sophia, Sophia Smith, Smith. running rampant. I must she's, say, I'm a fan of hers. Oh yeah, me too. I've, I've, she's really good. I'm gonna be very happy to root for her with the U.S. I hate rooting. I don't can't root for her with Portland, but she's really, really good and. Is almost kind of like a little bit of a villain at times. She kind of it, like enjoys that a little bit. I think. Mm-hmm. Heard somebody else mention that, and I, I I was like, man, they're right. So I, I can't say I created that, but she had I she had really one bought goal. into it. One of those goals really embarrassed the defense for the current. <laughs> I went through like four players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nutmeg, you know, nutmeg one of them, and she's just good. I mean, she is gonna be. She's hard to stop. When last year when they played in Kansas City. They basically had two people on her the entire time, and they were able to limit her. But she's just not going to be stopped when uh, when she's on. And Kansas City has some issues that they're trying to f- work out still. 11,000, over 11,000 in attendance. New record. 11,300 and something. 301. And, of course, you might remember that um, the previous record was 10,000 at uh, at the famous, the famous media game last year. Yeah.